Film festivals are one of the key ways that a filmmaker gets recognized, launches their career, meets other filmmakers, makes contacts with the gatekeepers of this industry, cuts their teeth in general, right? But there's a problem. We're all familiar with it. The festivals, especially the ones at the top, the main ones, they have a lot of slots that are already spoken for. Part of that has to do with PR and marketing and the major names that they have to bring in and filmmakers, stars, projects, because that's part of how they stay alive. I'm George Edelman, editor-in-chief at No Film School and host of the No Film School podcast. And today, we're addressing this problem with the founders of a film festival called Dances with Films. It's coming up on its 25th anniversary this year. Founders Leslie Scallon and Michael Trent are here with me to talk about this exact problem and how Dances with Films has always been an answer for it. They're going to tell you a little bit about their selection process, their mission statement, what makes them different than a lot of other festivals, but also just generally how they approach the filmmaker. Like I say later in the podcast, Dances with Films is a film festival by filmmakers for filmmakers, kind of like what we strive to be here at No Film School. The idea is putting the filmmaker and their needs first. And frankly, sadly, that is just not the case. So learn about Dances with Films today, but also just learn about how you can maximize everything that the festival experience has to offer, because there are some things that you might not expect. I'm very excited to have both of you here. We're talking about dances with films. We're talking about film festivals in general. We're talking about the anniversary and the celebration and all of that and ending the festival on Juneteenth. So there's a lot to cover. But I wanted to start with each of you sort of talking about how you found yourselves at Dances with Films. Like, what path brought you there? And why don't we start with Michael and then go to Leslie, because that's the order your names are listed in in front of me. <laughs> okay. Um, well, how did we... I mean, we are the founders of the festival. So we started this back in 1998. Well, we actually kind of started it back in 1997 with a thought. Leslie and I had our first feature uh, under our belt. And back then, there weren't a lot of opportunities to screen your film other than, you know, a handful of film festivals in the world and, and all had, of those. Had you guys, real quick, had you guys collaborated on it? And can you explain to us the sort of where you were as filmmakers or working together, what the, the context was a little bit? Uh, yeah, well, we wrote, uh, directed, produced the whole thing. We shot this up in Oregon. It was kind of an action film. We shot it on uh, 16 millimeter uh, film because that was back in the days in the 90s when people were shooting on film. That was also the beginning days of DV, but, but we shot it on film. Uh, we hauled uh, a group of people up to Oregon to shoot this film because we thought it was a great way to, to actually get a film in a can. We didn't want to do a shoot on weekends and that sort of stuff in Los Angeles because we basically wanted to hold the crew, the cast and everyone hostage. So, so we could actually knock this film out. So anyway, so, so we did that. It, uh, we shot it over a period of about a month up in Oregon and that was actually back in 1996 we edited for, you know, a good part of the rest of that year and then into 1997. Then we were trying to figure out where we were going to screen it. Of course, we applied to the big name festivals at that time, which often, you know, which many of them are still the big names. The Sundance, uh, Toronto, mm -hmm. Berlin, that sort of thing. 
and I think there were only like five or six that we actually submitted to. And we realized very quickly that there was a lot of politics and we weren't sure if our films were even being considered, let alone getting in. So then uh, being in Los Angeles, we figured, well, a lot of people at that time were screening. They were doing like industry screenings, like you'd rent out Harmony Gold or something like that. uh, And you would do a screening like that. But then, you know, a lot of people or the few people that we knew that had done this didn't have great success at it. You know, either they weren't able to really bring in any industry or they, or it just became very uh, cost prohibitive. So then we thought, well, we don't know a lot of people that had done what we had done at that time, because again, this was, you know, shooting on film and there, there, we just didn't know a lot of people that, that were in our position that had a finished film on, on film. But this is where, but this is where Michael actually was just brilliant. And he was like, huh. you know what, if we have this really great film that we believe in and, you know, we looked at it, we looked at it analytically. We actually even did a little test run with uh, a test audience at, at our sound place. And, you know, he said, there's got to be other filmmakers who are just as frustrated as we are. And maybe we could band together and create this really incredible week of films and opportunities. And then thus, Dances with Films was formed and we actually created it as an actual submission, you know, type of situation because we didn't want, you know, it to be just like, oh, Leslie and Michael and all their friends. But we ended up putting a small ad in Filmmaker Magazine, which, by the way, is one of our sponsors this year. And, uh, you know, put a small ad in and we got something like 300 submissions in that first year. and. We brought together people that we had never met before. We got to meet amazing people and see amazing crews and amazing teams and, you know, shared experiences. And it was just like, it was, and Michael called it, when we got everybody together for the first time, he goes, this is going to be like summer camp. And it's been like that ever since. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we did it this first year. I think we had uh, 36 films total. So there were 24 shorts and 12 features. And that was our whole, we did it uh, at the Lumley's Santa Monica uh, venue. That's where we, before it's, you know, it's, it's now a brand new facility or relatively new facility compared to what it was. I've been going there since before you guys did the first festival. A big shout out to the, you know, Greg Lemley, Bob Lemley. They've been such a great supporter of independent films, not just our film festival, but, you know, just throughout time. I mean, what, a, what an incredible family. Yeah, absolutely. Boy. You can't even talk about Los Angeles indie, indie film scene and not talk about, you know, the Lemleys. So... So anyway, so we, we accomplished that first year and, you know, it was, it was kind of a struggle because right at the very beginning, uh, I don't know if you know much of the history, but right at the very beginning, we had the name and Orion who owned Dance with Wolves uh, sent us a cease and desist letter. So because they didn't <laughs> want us using dances with films, um, <laughs> you know, so anyway, so we uh, then it somehow got leaked. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but it got leaked to the Hollywood Reporter, and then the Hollywood Reporter ran an article about it. Then it they reached to you out to you for comment on like why the name and and why it wasn't connected and any of that. 
Uh, yeah, I, I believe I had a conversation with uh, with someone there, and then they asked us to actually send them the cease and desist because Orion tried to claim that they didn't send it and that it was we were making it up, and we were like, no, we've got the letter right here. So we had to do huh. that old wow. old fashioned thing and fax the oh, the man. cease and desist over. <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but we were still unclear as to whether uh, they were going to try to stop us. So the original posters that we had printed up were dances with films and underneath it was festival of the unknowns. And we figured if a bunch of lawyers showed up that we would just get a spray paint can and, and spray out <laughs> dance with films. And then at this point uh, in 2022, the festival would be uh, titled, you know, the festival of the unknowns, but luckily they Which never showed also up. a great title, by the way. I'd be like, what? I got to go to a festival of the unknown. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So anyway, so we, we did it our first year. And then the second year, we weren't really sure whether we were going to do it again because our, our, you know, we're, we're artists at heart. Um, We didn't really want to continue to put it together necessarily, but you know, there were a lot of filmmakers that uh, wanted us to keep it going because it was something, you know, because Dance With Films has always had a point. It was all about no politics. We don't invite films. All the films have to submit. So we don't hold slots or give away slots to people that show up. We've we've been offered many times, you know, by various entities to, you know, $5,000 if you screen my film. We've never done that. Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we literally only program by the people that have actually taken the time and the money to to submit to the festival. We take every all of that very seriously. And you uh, might be one of the few high profile festivals. I don't have data or facts about this, so <laughs> I could be wrong, <laughs> but you might be one of the few that truly does that and has always truly done that. And I wonder, is it as a model, because it'd be great if more did that. How do you stay sustainable with that? I'll tell you. Agenda, uh, the mission. Well, it, it is hard. One of the ways that it's hard is that, you know, I think that, that over the course of the, you know, our, our history, it's been very difficult in terms of like publicity. You know, I think that we're shut out a lot of uh, on publicity because we are about no names, you know, because it, it's easy to, to get articles and get interest when you have names. That is the very reason why people put names in their films. It's not because they're in love with these people. Of course. It's because yeah. they sell their film uh, to not only tickets, but they sell it to the media who then in Yada, yada, yada. So it is difficult to sustain that. Uh, the reason and how we've sustained it is by the fact that we have an amazing group of, of people that have been involved with us since many, since the very beginning. We have sponsors. Uh, for instance, like uh, PRG used to be VER, used to be before that it was um, Wexler. Wexler. They have been with us since the very beginning. And without them, literally every single year, it would be very difficult because we're a a fairly technical festival. We don't just utilize the elements that are at the theater. We bring in a ton of gear. Um, And and we don't show off of a DVD, you know, or anything like that. So, you know, it was very important for us as filmmakers ourselves that the projection and the sound be excellent. You know, that was very, very important to us. And like, like Michael said, you know, we, we were so lucky to be able to have such support from these companies and, and as they got absorbed by different ones and now it's become PRG again, they're still there and supporting us. And it's just, and it, for 25 years. Can you imagine? Yeah. I want to highlight that you said that sound and picture is important to you. Sounds like something that would be a no-brainer, right? It should be, right? 
<laughs> oh my God. There are so many festivals in this country and in this world, and I've been to many, where it is just not a priority or it's not possible for them financially or they don't make it. Like, it, like I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to play a blame or point fingers or whatever. I don't understand the inner workings and I know it's hard. Um, but there's so many situations where you're like, oh no, that's not what my movie looks and sounds like. Mm-hmm. And you spend money to be there, you know? Yeah. And, and well, and how many times have you been at a screening and the screening is delayed and you see them throw up the all of the coding and they're trying to like figure oh, out yeah, why it's not playing or what going to play a, a, a wave video or whatever yeah, it's going to be exactly. a quick time video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, and again, that goes back to what a tremendous team that we've managed to build. Um, everybody does it so much as as a labor of love, but like we have the most phenomenal tech director, Kareem Duran. He goes all over the world doing these things but you know he just he loves dances with films you know he believes in who we are and you know he makes everything just fantastic uh, just a quick story because we also have a section because you know we have all the different divisions now that as we've grown we've got the shorts we've got documentaries we've got pilots webisodes but we also have what we call a dances with kids program. And we have dances with kids by kids. So it's for 18 years and under. And the very first year we had one high school teacher who could not get us the files of of the film correctly. Kareem was able to break through the firewall of the school, find the kids film, (laughs) create it into a quick time, all within an hour before the screening, because the kid and his parents are standing there to see his film on the big screen. That is our Kareem. He's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and and we have many people that are our rock stars, just like Kareem. But ultimately, we care about the films. You know, when you talk about picture and sound being, you know, priority, it's it's absolutely a priority because the only reason we exist is, is based on the talent. That's what we champion. We don't champion celebrity. We don't champion, you know, parties. We don't champion any of that. We, the only reason why we feel like a film festival should exist is to recognize and to discover new voices. Just like as if you were in Liverpool and you saw those four guys in the bottom of a <laughs> bar or whatever it was in Liverpool, you know, that, that little band called the Beatles. Yes. And that's Before the other thing were, is yeah. that with us, you know, we have almost, I would say almost a hundred percent attendance every year. I mean, it's between 95 to 98%. Every filmmaker attends and we do Q and A's after every single film, every single short, you know, do so the kids, I'm curious in the kids programming, do the kids yes. do? They sure. do? Oh, oh that's awesome. There is nothing <laughs> like like in you know asking a little five-year-old so now what made you think that there was a monster in the toilet and made you <laughs> think of this story i gotta say that I, yeah. um, so I think one of the things you're talking about this is i talk about this a lot when we talk on the podcast about festivals and submissions and it's oh it's been a an avenue for voices but it's been a door that was once wider open and now you know issues of political issues and spots for major features or major names have have been clouding a lot of the festivals even more than ever before because it's harder to get, you got to use any means necessary right now. There's so much out there and so much noise. And it's definitely closed the door even tighter for the filmmaker who has a feature or is a lesser known or a short and wants to be seen and wants to get exposure. 
and have the festival experience. One of the great things about your festival, there's a point to what I'm saying, is that it's because you're based here and it happens here in Los Angeles, this is a place where it's easier for a lot of the gatekeepers to get to a festival and see some of those unknowns and see those new voices because they can't fly to everyone all around the country. It's just not possible in the world. But they can go to the theater down the street or the freeway, right? And that makes it extremely valuable if, you, if you're considering a festival, not only making room for your voice, but also that people will see it. That's exactly it. It's one of the reasons why we chose to do it here in town. You know, because a lot of people were like, oh, why don't you do it out in, you know, like Reno, Nevada or something, because that'll be unusual for them. And we were like, no, what we what we created it for was to have industry being seen. You know, that's why we wanted our film scene. We wanted industry to see it. You know, we know we could have done to some of the smaller festivals or the film societies that were happening even in 1998, but that wasn't our goal. And so, you know, that is why we do it. Um, And along that lines, when we actually are selecting films, we've kind of created a very, I think, unique way that we start to select films. First, they go through our screening committee and they have to be screened all the way through, you know, because... Again, we, this sounds like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> right, right. Like no. actually Wait, are you going to tell me you actually watch them? <laughs> we actually we do it. <laughs> yes. And, and the fact is, is that we feel like a filmmaker who has taken the time to submit to us, A, deserves that respect, but also B, the respect of somebody who has, even if it is not a good film, and there are a lot of not good films out there, you know, it's the first time, you know, they, you know, they made an attempt, you know, don't stop, you know, keep going. Cause you know, I mean, like even Robert Rodriguez, you know, El Mariachi was not his first film. You know, it, you know, he went through 17 short he- shorts before he got to bedhead that got him a little bit of, you know, recognition. So, you know, it's like you have to practice. And so for us, you know, we have this really interesting way, and I guess we shouldn't give away our trade secrets, but I wish more people did it. And that is as people progress in our, in our thing, we continually are communicating with them. Are they engaged in their film? What do they want to do with their film? And when they get down to the finals, where we're really starting to look at things uh, and whether which this film or that film, we're asking them, what's your goal? What is your goal with your film? What's your marketing plan? You know, where, where, where do you see the end result? You know, and we're looking at that as much as we're looking at what the film and the quality of the film. But George, you would be shocked at how many people don't respond or they kind of just give like a nothing answer. We actually communicate with people because we want to know them. We want to understand, you know, where they're going, where they, where they think they're going. And, you know, and if they can't tell us that, then they're going to have a hard time getting there. They can't actually articulate that. They're going to have a hard time talking to industry. If somebody is actually interested in them, they're going to go in and go, oh, you know, right. Got to be clear headed. So you're, you're making an effort to not only get them true to the the mission statement of getting the new voices seen and heard, but also preparing them for how they're going to have to communicate about their work and their goals, but also being patient with the new voices that are like so fresh and new that they're going to need time. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. If somebody doesn't have an uh, um, understanding of what we're talking about, 
that's fine because that's what we'll, we're here to work with you. We're here to help you. We want you to succeed. Your success is our success. Right. It's a breeding ground or a farm system, sort of. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. so when, you, when you're looking at submissions, because this is the big, this is the question that no, it's hard to answer. So, you know, do your best. But when you're looking at submissions, what are the things you're looking for? Well, I mean, that's very wide open, obviously. Um, we're not a genre festival, per se. We, we screen literally, we program literally everything. We've everything from experimental to, you know, horror to genre films to obviously kids' films, TV and web, music videos. We have a whole music video section as well. But what are we looking for? Leslie likes to say that we want to be engaged in whatever we're watching yeah, for as we many minutes as it's actually in mm. front of you. Yes, um, we want it. We want it to to you know touch us. We want it to be something that we're like, hey, I want my friend to see this, yeah. you know, and not and my friend might be the person who's the head of distribution at Sony, you know, right. or you know, but you know that's the kind of thing that we're we're looking for, and we're not saying that these aren't diamonds in the rough and that they couldn't use another edit or, you know, another color timing or something like that, but we're not going to get stuck on a technicality. If we see the heart of something Absolutely. that is really amazing, that's, that's what we're looking for. You're continually committed to diversity and diverse voices. And I mean, even age diversity, like there aren't a lot of places where kids can try this sort of thing. And there's a lot of kids who want to. Well, so, no kidding, but we've had 65-year-old first-time filmmakers also. That's amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is amazing. So all, all ends of the spectrum, all types of voices. How do you stay? That's a difficult thing to do as well, right? Uh, no, actually, it's by accepting it. I, I think that a lot of times people, you know, people have in their minds what they think a film festival is you know, going to be. And also they, they have in their minds what they want. We really try to program for everyone, uh, which is why we have uh, many different programmers that program for each section. But each one of those people, you know, take the opinions of, of a group underneath them. Uh, and we really do value the reviews that come in for all of these films. It's not just, you know, a, a film that I love or that Leslie loves or that any singular program. But I'll tell you one thing is that every single film in the festival, which there's about 250 this year, every single one of them is loved by someone in the festival. And George, you have no idea. Like our very initial passes when we're first looking at films and it could easily be a lead programmer who's looking at it the first time, but we always make sure at least three people watch the film because it's everybody has a different taste. And there are many times that a film, we have a very simple uh, scale. It's pass. It, it's just not going to go. It's not going to make it. Second look, yeah, it wasn't for me. Maybe somebody else should take a look at it. And a must see where it's like, oh, I really want everybody to see this, right? I can't and tell you how many people watch. I'm sorry to cut you off. I want oh. you to continue, but three people watch everyone. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so, and so we will actually sometimes have somebody who it's a must see for one person, the next person it's a pass and the other one's a second look. And then you're like, so it's really, you know, different films can hit people different way. That's great. I mean, we know, we just know that in so many instances, it's a pass in the first five minutes and no one ever looks pat. And no one will see 
anything else. Yeah. We just know that that's how a lot of it works. And part of the reason, and this is going to be kind of my next question, like part of the reason is it's really hard to keep, to, to have enough people who have enough time who commit because there's so many submissions. We're t- the, the calculus on how many hours that is is quite a bit. So how do you guys do it? Because I wish more festivals did. How do you manage that, the workload? I mean, we have an amazingly dedicated group of programmers and, you know, we also have a lot of screeners. I will say that screeners, you know, they can hang in there for a period of time, but it, but it is hard to sustain screeners in general, you know, for the long haul, just simply because of what you're talking about. It is massively time consuming. Sometimes you can go through a period of time where you're seeing, you know, stuff that isn't great and that, <laughs> you know, and, and. Sometimes we can lose people like that, but we you do, we just have to persevere, you know. And luckily, because of the the actual programmers that we have, we're able to do that because we just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. George, you want to know another really cool thing we do? Yes. When we do finally make our selections and we start sending out our pass letters, and we call them pass letters, not rejection. And of course, it has the usual, we got so many submissions, so many good quality. We're sorry we can't find a slot for you. But here's two comments that our reviewers wanted to send forward to you. And they are always two positive comments about the film because we want the filmmaker to know we watched it. And it's not, these are actual comments about the actual film. It's not like good direction or some vague kind of thing. <laughs> right. or, or it's a, so general, like right. it's not a loophole where it can yeah. just be like, we, we enjoyed watching it. <laughs> yeah. You know, oftentimes we name specific things in the film, whether it's a scene or we'll name specific people in the, in the film. Or, uh, or the way the musical scored uh, accentuated and kept the suspense going, you yeah. know. So we, we go to great lengths because we want to be respectful of the people who have put so much time and effort because into their films. Because we are honored to have these people. You know, it's not, I, I think that a lot of filmmakers, unfortunately, they feel like, you know, that they're just kind of like, they're, they're, they're not actually appreciated. Uh, but we're very, we very much appreciate those that have taken the time to submit to us. Uh, and we, and- we feel an obligation to them. It's nice that you go out of your way to do that. Frankly, there's a reality to the festival industry, which is that in many, many instances, it's it's a bit of a scam for the filmmaker and they're being taken advantage of. Sure. Oh, this- don't, get, don't get us started on that. We- <laughs> I mean, l- let's talk about uh, the entities that have four or five different uh, festivals that don't actually screen anything, but just give a ton of awards. Oh, and you can also submit to their five other festivals that all somehow have the name of a city in them mm-hmm. or, right. the, or, or the one or the ones who might actually have a screening but then you're charged for you know every other film that you want to go see you're not giving a festival pass or you have to pay to go to the gala to get your award i hey, mean you have to pay 300 dollars to come and get your award that's great or or just to be yeah to be in the city let alone to have the submission there or there's just so many levels to it yeah. and there's yeah. also been many instances of being just festivals that are just completely swamped with submissions and they've sent back commentary that's, that's incorrect and that, yeah. that people start complaining about that. Like they didn't, clearly didn't watch it. Like I think the dedication to that, what it reminds me of is something we try to do at No Film School always is we try to be by filmmakers for filmmakers, but your festival is by filmmakers for filmmakers. It's putting them first. I think that should be the goal of, of any festival, but it's nice to know that it exists somewhere. 
Well, you know, I do think that there are different festivals that have different pathways. You know, there's going to be more regional festivals where they are going to be looking at the sun dances because they're going to bring that in for their audience because that's what they do, you know, so there are different ones. But I think if you're going to be calling yourself a discovery festival, you know, you really do, you do need to do what we do. And, and be true to it. We don't give out a whole lot of awards. Like Michael was saying, you know, they give out 60 awards, like for best catering, you know, we best don't. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it used to be, I want to say those laurel reefs of like all the things on the trailer used to mean something. I'm not sure though, because sometimes you just see a bunch of them. You're like, oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> like, what does it mean anymore? Oh my yeah. gosh, George, if I read another bio that says award-winning filmmaker, oh i remember the first time i submitted something and it won some award and i was like well technically i'm an award-winning filmmaker now (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah i guess so yes it's true but but i think that the all of that kind of looks past the point which you talked about at the very beginning of this which is you created a filmmaking community like a summer camp you, you were trying to foster and create a place where one of the best things a film festival can do is bring people together to meet each other, see each other's work, future collaborations, identify things they want, be inspired by. Like It's a commingling. And I think that is the, that is the thing you said right off the bat that, I, that stays with me. Well, you know, we have had many a filmmaker see each other's work. They would never met each other before. And two years later, they come back with a film that they're like, look, we did this because we thought of it at your festival. Yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. we've had marriages based on the festival. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we have had a few marriages, too. Yeah, and, and I, I think that, that there's way you foster community about growth and about development of talent yeah. as well. Which, yeah. is, which is also a, a good thing. Instead of just a, a results-based festival, it's a process-based. Well, and I also have to say is that, you know, about, uh, God, it's been, I think, 14 or 15 years now. We brought on a lovely, lovely human being by the name of Jackie Tepper. She's now our producing partner. But uh, she has been helping to build up industry awareness of us and along with these amazing panels that we put together. And we also do like a smaller like cocktails and conversations in our filmmakers lounge. And we get people like uh, Mark Ordesky, who was, you know, one of the producers of Lord of the Rings. His producing partner is Jane Fleming, who used to be the head of women in film. Uh, we get uh, Effie Brown. Uh, we get people like, I mean, it's just Tucker Tooley has done stuff with us. I mean, we get these really high profile names to come in and talk to the filmmakers and inspire them. You know, where did they come from? And, you know, and, and how can we reach out to you? And Jay Gersh from the Gersh Agency, you know, I mean, just amazing, amazing people. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that makes it so special, you know, and makes the experience worth it. I wanted to ask you about programming, because I know we're running out of time, but I wanted to get to this because we're here talking about it. It's about to happen. It's, you know, what does this slate this year look like? And what kind of things are you trying to highlight? And kind of tied to that, like year to year, do you look at it sort of like a, this is this year's story based on the films we got, like the, and and the ones we chose, which you're open to anything, like you said, does it sort of craft an annual narrative of its own? Like this year's films are blank. This year's this. 
Or is it always just kind of, it's so eclectic, it's hard to put a label on it? I, I think, it, I mean, it, to a certain extent, it's, it is kind of hard to, uh, create, you know, have a label on it because, you know, it is very organic. Every single year, we don't actually try to program a, a particular thing. But obviously this year, you know, we're going to be ending on Juneteenth, which is amazing. You know, just so we and and because of that, we have a lot of documentaries uh, in the festival and we've really grown. We haven't even really talked about documentaries, but we've really grown uh, over the years in terms of our programming of documentaries. But we do have a lot of films that that speak, you know, to, you know, recognition of, of Juneteenth. And obviously, diversity has been a huge thing over, you know, many, many years, actually. But we we're constantly trying to develop that. But again, it has to come uh, organically as we program. Right. And this year, it, it really has. We have probably the best slate overall that we've ever had in the history of the festival. Wow. Uh, again, that sounds like something that, you know, a, a festival director would say every single year. But I mean, it, if you know the heart of, of DWF, you will know the truth in those words. We encourage people to come and, and check it out and, and tell us we're wrong. <laughs> 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 and then come in future years and weigh against it. But, but, um, but, but it's true. I think one of the things that filmmakers need to understand, because there's always a filmmaker who is going to get passed on and they're not going to understand. And they probably do have a very good film. But putting together a film festival slate is like trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle. And especially mm -hmm. when you are not a genre specific one like us, we're not the romantic film festival. We're not the, the adventure film or, festival. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we're looking to, you know, make it a very balanced slate uh, uh, where we have fun, you know, escapism ones where we have the ones that have, a, you know, a social awareness, things that may have both, you know, you know, all of that type of things. And like in the shorts programs, instead of doing a, a shorts program where it is like, oh, here's the sci-fi ones, here's the comedy ones, here's that. We interweave all of the films. So, which is another huge dynamic of like trying to make sure that they don't jar each other, but we don't want people to come out with, I mean, who wants to go? Go to the hey, we're gonna make you cry program, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yes. You know, so so I, it is a very diverse, you know, thing that we do to make sure that we have some stuff, a little bit of everything for a little bit of something for everyone. So, you know, it but it is it it's a challenge. You know, sponsorship is always a challenge because yeah, we don't have Tom Cruise showing up unless, you know, he decides to walk in, I guess, because Top Gun running next door i don't know, <laughs> you know? but uh, but we but have he might come in, in he, yeah, he might come in in disguise just because he likes to watch movies but if, yeah. there's any, if there's any celebrities that want to come in and watch the films that is awesome can you give us about two days notice <laughs> and, and so we can the, actually get use some get some use out. Of it. <laughs> and, and, and by the way you're they're gonna have to pay for their own ticket because we don't comp them oh yeah yeah <laughs> And that's, again, in keeping with the spirit. I, I want to ask just one final thing real quick because mm -hmm. of what you said. It's so hard to program. You got to fit it all in and you're trying to create balance. And when you're doing that jigsaw puzzle or you're putting together that like buffet table, there may be entrees that bump and you're like, you got to say goodbye to something you love. I'm sure it happens multiple times every year. Is there a way you, you communicate that to a filmmaker that it's like, not like to say like you were a near miss, but like there's a way because you because you do go out of your way to talk to them. And I think a lot of times filmmakers, we find out we're not in something and we're like, well, I wish I knew if I was like close, 
or oh, if well, it was because the, there was something similar and like that I could live with, or if it was because it was like, whoa, no, you were not really. And you got a lot to work on, you know, like that sort of stuff is helpful. Well, I mean, the way that we communicate with, you know, because Leslie was talking about how we get try to get to know filmmakers. We do this many times. Uh, by the time a film actually gets, uh, you know, into the festival, we've probably had about four different conversations with that filmmaker. So anyone that is in that group that doesn't quite get in because of real reasons, and, and also, I mean, not, not because we didn't love it, because oftentimes we do love it, but we just couldn't find a place. They know. They know simply because we have been, you know, in communication with them through throughout the whole process. In fact, yes, just yesterday I had to uh, tell one that I was trying so hard to find a space for it, but it was a, a longer film. It was in my kids' block, and I it just I just couldn't find a spot for it that would work. And that's what I had to tell the filmmaker because he did reach out and say, you know, what's going on, and I just said. You know, I loved your film. I was trying and I just couldn't, it just couldn't fit in the jigsaw puzzle, you know, and that, yeah. that's the hard part when you do have one that you actually love. And sometimes that's the way it is, you know, even though I loved it I, and I'm the founder and, you know, I could like throw muscle around and go, yeah, we're going to program this one. That's not the way we work. You know, we're really a team. And even though like we have the title of founders, you know, we consider everybody equals, you know, every programmer, every screener, it's an important voice. And we listen to them. We listen to the filmmakers. We listen to our alumni, you know, a lot of our alumni come back and they submit just like everybody else, but that doesn't mean they always get in. And that feedback and interaction, I think helps filmmakers feel more supported regardless of the outcome. Like, yeah. and, and it makes them more inclined to submit again or say, this is one to submit to, or this is one that's not going to waste your time or take advantage of you. We and get thank you letters for our past letters. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, but, but filmmakers need to realize that it's not the end all. No matter who you submit to, even if it's yes. Sundance, it's just an opinion. It's yes. just an opinion. You know, that doesn't mean you should end your career or, or stop doing what you, dream, you know, have always dreamed of doing just because someone, you know, quote unquote, rejects you. If you are that thin skin, you're in the wrong business. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> also, so many times things can happen. You can, you can actually make money off a film that doesn't get into festivals. I've sure. had it happen before. <laughs> like, you know, so it does, there's lots of ways to succeed, however you mm -hmm. want to define that. Absolutely. Look at, look at Swingers. Swingers did a great job of it. That's right. There's countless examples. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it is, it is not, you know, and it's only one film and hopefully you make many, right? Yeah. The second one's always harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys both so much again for coming on. It's been really nice and I wish you all the success in the next 25 years and hopefully I'll be able to make it this year. I'm looking yes, forward to it. Yes, please come down. Please Hopefully I'll still be alive in 25 years. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. We're all oh, Thank he you will guys be. so much. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you to Leslie and Michael for coming on the podcast. Yeah, the truth is the film festival is a crazy experience and every single one is different. 
And some of them are absolutely scams and taking advantage of filmmakers. And some of them create opportunities that you would never have otherwise. And knowing the difference between those is challenging. But Dances with Films, and I'm not just saying this because they were on the podcast today, but they're fighting the good fight. They're trying to make this about new voices, about diverse styles of projects from different kinds of people, from all different ages and walks of life. And they're trying to get them in front of audiences in Los Angeles that care and want to collaborate and want to see those new voices and help them reach the next level. Best of all, though, of course, is that they're interested in giving you feedback, whether they accept you or not. That's the truth uh, behind growth in this industry is being willing to hear notes and being willing to give them. So thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check all of this out at nofilmschool.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, check us out on Instagram and YouTube. Subscribe to our newsletter. You'll get a free ebook about screenwriting when you do that, as well as updates on all kinds of things we're doing and special offers from our many partners. Mm-hmm.